Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain Super Conference is coming to Dallas, Texas, February 16, 17, and 18 in 2018. If you know of a better way to get the latest insider knowledge about crypto, to hear directly from the top minds in this field, to interact personally with 800 fellow crypto lovers, hodlers, investors, miners, traders, developers, and founders, then I'd like to hear about it. If you don't, then you don't want to miss out. Register today for the Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain Super Conference. Go to BitcoinSuperConference.com and register today as a super early bird to get the lowest rates on tickets and hotel rooms. That's BitcoinSuperConference.com. Welcome to Almost Here, Round the Corner of Future Technology podcast with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies poised to transform our lives for better or worse are the focus of this podcast. Almost Here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used. We're just around the corner from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. Hello and welcome everyone to the Future Tech Podcast. My name is Josh Thomas and I'm here with Duke Pham from fundcrew.com. Hello, Duke. Uh, hello, Josh. Glad to have you here. And so as I understand it, FundCrew is a blockchain-powered fundraising platform. Tell me a little bit more about this. Okay. So basically, um, from a fundraiser point of view, we're very similar to GoFundMe, where you you know you can just post a story and then you get funded. But the different the, the difference really stops there is that we uh, we also support cryptocurrency, which none of the other platforms support, and we also support e-commerce transactions. And we use e-commerce transactions to actually fund the fundraiser. So it is actually a much, much bigger market. And basically, we allow you to get funded without even ask people to give you money because they only need to buy something that they already buy. And we give 25% of the gross sale uh, from the transaction to the fundraiser, which is actually a very big amount. So it, help me help me clarify this. You said with e-commerce transactions. Uh, so you're saying you can actually, uh, after you raise your funds, you can sell your product on this platform as well? Um, yeah. So basically, the fundraiser do not have to sell anything. So he, here's how it works, right? First, you create a campaign and you publish on the site, similar to what you do with GoFundMe. And then we will have a tool that you hit the share and it will blast with your social network. And, and you also can do email campaign and all that stuff. So each of these uh, links that you know we uh, you post in your let's say uh, Facebook, there is a tracking code. So when your supporter clicks on it, it will go to our site, and they can pick uh, three ways to how to help the cause. One is they can donate as usual, uh, but we uh, think that we actually defend as well as we support digital asset, which is a key thing which include cryptocurrency and digital gift cards. Um, and then second way is you can purchase a discounted item from the marketplace. So it's very similar to a Groupon company. So we combine, you can think about it as like GoFundMe and Groupon combine. So your supporter can actually buy discounted items. And whenever they buy something, we take 25% of the total proceeds to give the fundraiser. Um, and and the sales actually because we create a marketplace, so the merchant actually would lift the product, and we also lift something like gift cards, basically digital goods like gift cards to sell on our platform as well. 
So the fundraiser actually does not have to do anything other than just what they used to do is just to share to your to their supporters. And the supporters is the one who actually involved in the e-commerce transaction and with with the uh, with the merchants. And the reason why you say why would the merchant want to do this, right? Uh, they already do that with Groupon. Is we solve a fundamental problem for them, which is customer retention. Uh, so we help them acquire the customer, and because these customers actually have sort of like a community or a cause behind it, so they are more likely to go back to the merchants that have their cause um, to come back, and even if after the deal is over. So we solve the customer acquisition and retention issues for the merchants. Well, yeah, and so it's it's interesting that you're combining all of these different uh, concepts together, and you know, let's kind of tackle them one by one here. Uh, number one, you you mentioned Groupon, and uh, the Groupon model uh, just just came out of nowhere like a firestorm, you know, back in. 2010 or something like that. It was several years ago, and it was this huge hit because all of a sudden you put a deal up, and Groupon sends thousands of people to your store or to your e-commerce page or whatever, and you make all these deals. And what what that has turned into is Groupon is taking such a large percentage now of uh, the the customers that they're sending to you, and you also, you also have to give them a really good deal. Uh, that it's it's hardly worth doing, and there's a lot of resistance uh, in the more traditional commercial markets right now for go uh, for uh, Groupon. Uh, so are you are you addressing that with you know you you take a smaller cut from there, and uh, then you're also nurturing and keeping those customers uh, in the loop. Is that kind of the the difference? Uh, a little bit of that. But basically, if you think about it, right, Groupon actually worked because it was catching the market by storm, right? But what happened is, you know, merchants, they would be willing to pay for that cost because that's an acquisition. But the problem is they failed at retention test, right? Because I can get people with deals to come to my store and the merchant would be willing to do it. The problem with them is they couldn't keep the, the customer because there is no... Nothing to buy the customer. The only reason why the customer come come back, I mean, come to the store in the first place, is a deal. There is nothing else to, for, the, for them to come. But let's say if I come because I want to support, let's say, uh, you know, I want to fundraise for like a cancer society that I believe in, or I, you know, go in because I want to have support my school district, right? I mean, my kids go to school. And I want to raise uh, raise funds for a soccer team for my kid. So if I go to the merchant because of that, and the merchant actually support that cause, then it's more likely that I see them as a community, as part of like okay, you know, they are kind of like a friendly or helping what I believe in. Then it's more likely that the consumer would come back. So what we saw is the real customer loyalty where you're not just acquiring them, but I think retaining them is even even a lot harder. And what we learned over the years is, you know, whenever the the merchant can tie a cause to a consumer, then that consumer uh, segment is really, really loyal, and you're not just getting them, just keeping them, but I think they tend to even bring friends and family over. And that's what we're addressing, right? Okay. And... So, so that's one component, and then the 
the fundraising uh, crowdfunding, if you will, uh, is is that kind of is it is it similar where you're you're talking about uh, new objects, new technology, uh, wearable devices, or are those the types of uh, products that you would see on this fundraising, or is it is it more of a like a new business venture type of fundraising? Uh, we actually, I mean, our we do not limit people on what the purpose that they would fundraise for, right? I mean, you can fundraise for a bachelor party if you if you like, but our focus <laughs> of marketing campaign. I mean, it's just like GoFundMe, right? They don't limit to whatever you want to fundraise, or fundraise for. As long as people believe in it, right? I mean, you can raise for your golf club, right? Uh, so it doesn't have to be charity, but our marketing effort would be focused on social good uh, because I think that is actually the largest segment for fundraising. Um, so I, our focus would be in, in, in that space which is, you know, fundraising for charity or social good, that could be actually majority of our effort to promote at the beginning. Uh, But we do not limit people to just that. Yeah, and the only reason I was asking is because, uh, so so GoFundMe kind of has this uh, very clear set of people who are, I'm trying to raise money for a cause or I need help with this surgery or you know, help me buy my kids' books for college or something. And whereas a, a, another platform like Kickstarter is much more about retail products, and you don't see a lot of people saying, you know, hey, help, you know, help me, uh, help me send my kid to college or something like that. And that's why I was just kind of curious. And so it it sounds like it really is more like GoFundMe. Yes, that is correct. Yes, that that is more. Uh, our objective than the Kickstarter, which is like for commerce project. Kind of moving forward here, how how long has this project uh, been in development? Uh, we started the project in 2015. Um, we use a lot of like modern technology, uh, like React and stuff. So everything on our side is actually real time. So we want to have, you know, because uh, what I see is uh, people... Um, I, I think a lot of fund uh, raising platforms out there do not have the technology to give you like real time inputs of what you're doing, how you're doing in the market. So, so what this technology does is we allow you to actually see in real time when let's say you push our campaign, you can actually in real time to see how that responds to your campaign. So it gives you a lot of analytics. Uh, the same thing. With the merchant, for example, when you, let's say you post a deal or a mark uh, a product uh, to sell in our marketplace, you can see all the real-time analytics, which is actually crucial. Um, I, I think as a platform because they don't have the uh, commerce in there, so they might not need the real-time. Uh, but I think um, a lot of people want to see. I mean, in the morning world, you want to see real-time analytics. Uh, to measure the effectiveness of your campaign, right? So, and that's what we kind of spend more time on, um, and that takes actually quite a bit of time <laughs> than if we would use like a conventional technology. Yeah, you know, as far as analytics and data, you know, uh, the the sooner you can get it, the better. I mean, I want to see it when I want to see it, not when you're ready. I want to see it when I'm ready, and so that's that's definitely important. Uh, take me through some of the over the last couple of years. Uh, what were some of the the interesting 
challenges and roadblocks you ran into as you were building this technology? Um, well, you know, I think at the definitely the because of the technology in terms of like the React is actually very new. So there's quite a bit of technical difficulty in there because like, you know, we're using a certain platform and they're buggy. <laughs> right. Uh so gotta work around them. Yep. Uh so so I think that's one of it. Um and then I think the uh the when the blockchain come, I mean initially we uh we did that with just fiat money. Uh but then when the cryptocurrency in uh and, and the crypto girl blockchain happening, you know, we actually start working on it. And um, um, I mean, it's just new. That's all. And then I think all the tool is doesn't have like good uh, like debug or, or tracing tool. So it, it takes longer than what we hope it would. And and because these actually carry you know very valuable asset transaction, <laughs> so we spend a lot more time in testing and QA, uh, for example, right? So I think testing remain like a uh, a challenge when you do blockchain project because it's it hard. The tool is actually not not there yet. Right. Yeah. There's there's quite a bit to go. And and so speaking of, what do you see as the uh, moving head uh, with your technology? You know, at, at what point do you see uh, you know critical mass adopting this technology that you're developing and 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 having a lot of interest and in, in a lot of people using your platform? Um, you know, we just did a, uh, uh, we just like did a, a uh, you know, a, uh, uh, we just joined like one of the convention, the, the blockchain expo convention in Santa Clara. Uh, it's like uh, December 5th, so like, it's like about a week ago, actually not, not December, but, but, uh, the end of November. So it's about, you know, a couple of weeks ago. And, uh, you know, at our surprise, we have like incredible, um, I mean, it was like unexpected, right? How much we have like ten people stop our booth, and we always like completely occupied um, at 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 the booth. So there are a lot of interest in terms of the fundraising because uh, we were put in like a, a strange place to be joined <laughs> kind of like. So we, we were put in like an IoT section, uh, but it turned out to be good because you know we are like uh, the only blockchain guy in the IoT section. Uh, but people was passing by and then they keep asking, so okay, when can I actually start using the platform? Um, so I think fundraisers out there uh, understand the difficulty in terms of you know asking for money. Uh, you know, I think uh, asking for me for me is actually a hot thing, but for the fundraiser, it's an easy thing for them to ask. But I learned from our experts that tell me that uh, asking is actually easy, but getting it is even hard, <laughs> hard, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Because people don't like to, you know, give money away, right? So the world now tend to go toward like transaction. So they they give something, but they want to get something back, right? Uh, so that's why you see like KQED do a lot of fundraising now, but they give you like a videotape or a book or something to give something back. And this one is just like a new way to provide people to get fundraising without even asking for money. For money, And, you know, if you think about fundraising, right, it's a perpetual way. I mean, you have to fundraise all the time because you need money all the time, right? And you cannot just ask the same people, the same set of people, money all the time. 
so we create an ecosystem where, you know, for commerce, you can actually do it forever, right? Because it's an engine, right? And, you know, people always buy something. So that's why I think, and, and uh, the more we, po- we can get people on the platform, the more we can help the merchants. And uh, if you look at, and our real target is really the small business owner, and there is 28 million small business owner in the U.S. alone. So if you think about that, um, you know, we can actually move our uh, uh, economy with, you know, just a small uh, percentage increase in that space. So I think since we have like a, a very um, high growth path, and I think the market actually is actually kind of pulling us. Uh, that's why our regional plan was sort of deploying this in about Q2, but we are actually pulling in in Q1. So we will be launching our service in like Q1 sometime. Okay. And is that a uh, is that a beta or is it fully functional or, or what? So we uh, so we actually did launch a one campaign to uh, support the California Wi-Fi. Uh, we didn't turn on the commerce yet, but we're gonna turn on the commerce in. So January is gonna be sort of like a beta, and then we're gonna go into full mode probably you know in a in a couple months after that. I mean, the technology is mature. It's just uh, a matter of like development, uh, customer development, right? Bringing in the merchants and bringing in the fundraiser. Uh, I think we have a good set of fundraiser right now that we can actually start with it. Um, and uh, we're working on getting the merchants in the platform. Okay, very good. So, uh, Duk Pham from fundcrew.com, and that's F U N D C R U.com. Any final thoughts for our audience before we wrap up? Um, I think um, what we would like to wrap up is really, I think Fun Crew is about uh, helping to promote social good and it's uh, creating an ecosystem where it helps the economy, it helps the merchants, it helps the supporters, it helps the fundraiser. So uh, we like to, uh, you know, I really like to make it happen. <laughs> Okay, excellent. Well, it's a, it's a much needed service for sure, and we'll be interested to see and how you integrate the blockchain into uh, what something that's already very popular in, in other more traditional technology. So thanks very much, Duke, for joining us, and thank you to our audience for being here. We'll see you next time here on the Future Tech Podcast. Thank you, Josh. The Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain Super Conference is coming to Dallas, Texas, February 16, 17, and 18 in 2018. If you know of a better way to get the latest insider knowledge about crypto, to hear directly from the top minds in this field, to interact personally with 800 fellow crypto lovers, hodlers, investors, miners, traders, developers, and founders, then I'd like to hear about it. If you don't, then you don't want to miss out. Register today for the Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain Super Conference. Go to BitcoinSuperConference.com and register today as a super early bird to get the lowest rates on tickets and hotel rooms. That's BitcoinSuperConference.com. You have been listening to Almost Here, Around the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast, post a review, to discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more.